Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. We're welcoming you here to Tree of Life Church. Let me say this. For those of you that came in through our main lobby, don't you love the floor? A lot of you are like, you changed the floor. I didn't even notice. Didn't even notice it. Hey, on your way out, take a look. So we appreciate everybody that's given so generously to our capital fund enables us to do some things around campus. Love it, love it, love it. I went and laid down on it earlier and just, it's a great floor. So we're just blessed. Thank you guys for being so generous. Hey, we're excited about today. We want to kick it off with a refresh announcement. And I just want to give a big shout out. This Thursday, past Thursday, my wife and I celebrated 21 years of marriage. My wonderful, beautiful wife. Thank you. Too fun. Too fun. Okay, so ladies, refresh is coming up. We have over 900 ladies registered for this night. That's so insane. Um, However, we need lots and lots and lots of help. So if you would love to help us that evening just to make it the greatest event that it can be, we would love to have you there. We... um, We have some pre-event things that you can do help us during the week. And then we have like um, welcome team and greeters and stuff that night. And then as well as some really fun things that we have planned for the after party. So if you would love to be a part of that, we would love for you to sign up and we'll give you a call this week. Also, because it's a free event, we're trying to offset our cost a little bit. So we have made some mugs that are for sale in the gathering place. Um, First service almost bought them all. I don't know that we have very many left, but they're, they're $10 so out in the in the <laughs> gathering place if you'd like some. They're 10 bucks. All right. Hey, one more hand to my beautiful bride. Thank you. I had to set it up for her to say some nice, wonderful things about me, but we'll do that later anyway. So, uh, <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, Refresh is going to be awesome. Ladies, it's not too late to sign up. Don't think that it is. Get signed up. Get your friends signed up. Uh, don't wait till last minute. Make sure you're on board. And then again, serving. There's a great opportunity for you to be blessed from experiencing the ministry of Lisa Harper on that night and then be blessed by making it possible for others to experience it as well. So I just want to encourage you, get signed up to serve somewhere. Guys, I want to say this again. I've said it every week. It's in your best interest to clear your schedule so you can watch the kids do whatever you need to do so that your wife can come. I mean, it's really a selfish motivator. When she comes and gets fired up and God just speaks to her, it's going to be a blessing to you in their home. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. And then don't forget this weekend, or actually that weekend, that's the 11th and the 13th is Mother's Day. So moms, it's all about you the whole weekend, to be honest with you. Even Saturday, I said so. So there you go. And so Sunday morning, get up and get ready, bring everybody to church. And then especially uh, on Sunday, we want to be an extra blessing to you. So we, we took breakfast, we took care of breakfast for you. So moms, bring the whole family, breakfast is on us. I say this to the kids and dads, instead of getting up and burning toast and all that kind of stuff. Tell them you're taking mom out for breakfast and bring them here and just come and enjoy breakfast on us that day. It's going to be a great time. Uh, you saw some other announcements on the screen. Just as a reminder, first Wednesday, just for the student ministry, uh, teenagers that are in here, student ministries and all the parents, they have a, a silent party on Wednesday night and it's a really cool event. So I know I'm probably wondering, what is a silent party? 
It's the kind that I have at my house. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I thought we should do the silent thing. In here. But anyway, so uh, the kids are going to come, students are going to come, bring your friends. It's all about headphones and everything being played through the headphones. It's going to be a really cool, neat experience. I promise you, probably not many of your friends or their kids or their friends have ever experienced that. So come on out, and parents, then you can drop them off back there and then come be a part of the not so silent party in here. First Wednesday, we're having a simulcast with Audible De Vida, and they're going to they're going to do the service. They're going to have incredible praise and worship. Uh, you're gonna, not going to want to miss it. And then Pastor Jeff's going to share uh, a little bit of the vision and update on what's happening at Audible De Vida. So you're a part of that. So come and experience the report. But I'm telling you, praise and worship down there is phenomenal. So you'll want to come and experience that. So come on out for that. Growth Track starts next Sunday. So everybody, um, especially if you're new or you're new in the Lord, come and get plugged in. Or maybe you're just kind of rededicating, getting back on track. And so that's first service. We have stuff for your kids, of course. And then you can come and enjoy service, second service. So road track, first service. And then you can come in here for the second service experience. Um, if you've got elementary kids, they're going to love it because second service for them is game room. And I'm telling you, when the secret gets out, they're going to want you to come two services every week after that because they'll enjoy a spiritual encounter for them and then enjoy the game room. So uh, lots of great things happening and you want to be a part of it. And, just, and don't forget because... Uh, a lot of what we do around here, the refresh and everything, uh, happens around food. The after party at Refresh, this Wednesday night before our Wednesday night service, um, all the monies, our cafes open, chicken fajitas, all our money goes to missions, and so come early and take advantage of that. And then Sunday, Mission Sunday is next week, so uh, everything being served and the cafe is going to go to missions. And so um, I want to let you know on the menu. Then um, uh, here's one of my favorite combinations ever: brisket and tacos together. I mean. Just saying that, I felt the anointing presence of God settle in this place right now. So come and experience that next week and all the monies go to missions. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Exodus 33. Exodus 33. Get your Bible out. We're going to go because we have time to, we want to get to our encounter. I'll explain that in a minute. But what we're trying to do, and, and really this is what we always try to do, is create an environment that you can just press into God a little further. We want to make sure that we're taking moments to make opportunity for you just to get out of the routine, get out of the norm for you, because even going to church can become routine, and we can easily slip into kind of just that routine, that rut, if you will, we're just coming, going, doing the same thing, and we feel it's important for us to find moments or opportunities to really press into God. In fact, in James it says, when you draw closer to God, he draws closer to you. You determine how close, because God's already done it. It's a, settled, it's a, it's a done deal. It's, a, it's settled by him. But he's not going to override your will. So when you step closer to God, he responds. He's a responder. So you determine how close you get to God. And a lot of times we're like, man, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to feel your presence. I want to get closer. And he's like, I'm right here. I'm waiting on you. And so we take the fifth Sunday of uh, the month, which happens four, maybe five times a year. And all we know to do is create an environment for those that want to just press into God a little bit deeper. We call it Encounter Sunday, have an encounter with God face to face. So let's jump right in. Exodus 33, 11, here's Moses. And he says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Say face to face. <laughs> Say it like you would love to speak to God face to face. Ready? Face to face. One more time. Do you realize that's how God wants to have a relationship with you, face to face? That's his heart's desire, but you're going to say, well, it's just, that's Moses, and that's Noah, and that's Abraham, and that's, you know, all the people in the Bible, and I'm saying, no, it's not, it's you. He wants to have a face to face relationship with you, though. After you're saved, he's all in, and you need to go all in. 
And so the Bible says that he wants to have a face-to-face relationship with you as one speaks to a friend. God wants to speak to you as one speaks to a friend. He wants not to be this distant God or this God out there somewhere, this ethereal being and stuff. He wants to be your best friend. I love that about God. That's God's heart's desire. He wants that experience with you. Then then Moses would go and tell the people in the camp that, but uh, God wants to have a face-to-face relationship with you, not some distant God. Now, take a look at this in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. Message paraphrase. It says, whenever though they turn their face to God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are. What's the last three words? Face to face. Come on, God's trying to get a point across. And I love this scripture because it says, when they turn, it says that then when they turn, if you can go back to that, when they turned to God, it says, whenever, say whenever. Whenever, whenever, who decides? You decide, then you turn your face to God as Moses did. God removes the veil. The veil we know from a salvation experience is sin. God removed that, Jesus did, paid for that on the cross. But listen, a veil represents any barrier that you put between you and God. So whatever we experience in life, even after we're saved, when we live our life through our humanity and through the the world that we live in, there's things that we do, things that we say, attitudes that we have or pick up that can put barriers, if you will, between us and God. Not from a sense of eternal separation, but you know like when you're in sin. You know when you have unforgiveness in your heart. You know when you have a bad attitude and stuff. You hinder that ability to connect with God face to face. But God says, if you will turn towards me, turn away from that which would take your attention, turn away from the things that you're trying to do in your own strength and ability, turn away from the mistakes that we make, and simply turn back to him. He says he removes the barrier, and there we can have that face-to-face relationship again. He wants everything removed to keep, that would separate a face-to-face relationship. Man, I love that about God. And I love that it goes on to say this. They suddenly recognize that God is a living presence, a a, a personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. I don't know what your picture of God is, but he's your best friend. He's a personal presence. He he wants that face-to-face relationship with you. And we forget that when we get caught up into other things. That's why we need moments to stop and to turn and to turn our face to him, or then he removes those obstacles. And then once again, we see clearly that he's personal. He never left us. He's not judging us. He's not condemning us. He's there with open arms, face to face. In fact, it goes on to continue to say this. God is personally involved. He's a living spirit. That old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. He's not asking you to jump through hoops. He's not telling you to live by religious rules or laws. That's obsolete. We're not doing that anymore. We're under a new covenant. We're free of all that. All of us. It's about a relationship. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured or transformed. We're changing, much like the Messiah, like Jesus. Our lives are gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become more like him. The moment we turn, we stop, we turn, and we look at his face and the barriers and obstacles are removed and we see our personal God again because we've allowed things to get between he and us. Then the Bible says, and we're becoming to look more like him. We're changing We're changing, and what are we doing? We're changing from dead to life. We're changing from chaos to peace. We're changing from sick to healed. We're changing from oppressed to free, amen, come on. We're becoming more like him, and that's all our goal. 
What am I talking about? I'm talking about an encounter, a face-to-face encounter with God. That's what he wants. So here's what I know. We need power, not just words. We need power. And let me say this way. We need a power encounter. And can I tell you, every time you turn your face away from the things of this world and towards God, you encounter his power. You engage his power. Just the the idea uh, for me is, is just that there's nothing more strong than the power of God. I mean, it doesn't matter what people say, it's the power of God. In fact, when you look at the word encounter, like I say a power encounter, uh, when you look up the word encounter, it has a lot of different meanings. If you Google it, you'll get all kinds of crazy stuff. And, 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 and every time I think of encounter in this context, I think of like, encounter is the third kind. What is that, right? That movie, The Encounter of the Third Kind. And I, I think that, right? Who saw the Richard Dreyfus right, when he was really young? And so, close encounters, close encounters, right? That. And it's funny to me because they're looking at, looking at the definition of this word and, and trying to grasp it to convey it and what just stands out and seeing all the, the, the close encounters and all that kind of stuff. If you look up the word encounter, you'll see a lot of like UFO, extraterrestrial stuff. Uh, in December, my family, we went to Colorado and on the way back, we drove through Roswell, New Mexico. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. We just thought we'd just go that way and then come home. And we ended up at this McDonald's. Not that we, and I don't like to eat there. I went to go into the bathroom, right? You go to the bathroom at McDonald's, right? So, and so the McDonald's was built like a UFO. I don't know. It's kind of, it was kind of cool. We rolled to this McDonald's and it's built like this big UFO. And I mean, I know people that are really into all that and really believe in extraterrestrials. And there's, there's people that believe that they exist. There's people that don't. I tend to, I'm, I'm the one that believes they don't. And, and so, but if you've ever talked to people or seen people talk about it, the ones that believe it the most will tell you or will say they've had some encounter of some experience of some kind. And other people listening to their supposed experience or encounter, you can't talk them out of UFOs being real or not. To them, hey, it happened. It's real. I don't care if you believe me or not. I did see that ET, right? I saw ET. I saw that Martian. You can't talk them out of that. And it's a funny illustration, but the reality is when you have an encounter with the power of God, I don't care what you say. It's real, and it changed my life forever. Changed my life forever. I don't care if you believe me or not. I believe in the power of God. He's worked, he's moved in my life. I turned my face towards him and I felt his power in my life. It's like, you know, it's hard to explain that to people. It's like when my wife and I, like the, the same example in a sense would be like going on a trip. We, we went, as you know, we went to Israel almost two years ago. We're super excited, the trip coming up. And so uh, coming home and trying to tell people, stand in the pulpit and tell stories about our trip to Israel. And, and you just, you want with such passion, you want them to feel what you felt. And it's almost impossible. And, and then sometimes you come back from a trip and you've been so excited and you're trying to tell someone, you just, it was amazing. And, and we had this happen and we had, and sometimes the look on their face, you just don't feel like you're getting there. And so every one of us has done this. You stop and you say, well, I guess you had to be there, right? There's nothing like the experience, and we'd love to take you there. We'd love, and we're, we're taking, that's why we're taking as many people as want to go to Israel coming up. Because listen, I was there, and I got into the cold, muddy Jordan River and was baptized where Jesus was, and it was incredible. I, we were on the boat on the Sea of Galilee where the storm came and Jesus calmed it, where he walked on the water. We were in the upper room where they prayed and the Holy Ghost fell, and they began to speak in tongues, and they poured out in the street. We were at the place, we sat in the, in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane at the Mount of Olives under an olive tree like Jesus did all the time looking to Jerusalem. And we went to the garden tomb and we saw for ourselves that the tomb is empty. But I can tell that even telling the story, it's just hard to, hard to hear it and feel it. But you gotta go there. You just had to be there. So what are we doing? All we know is to create an environment hoping to take you there. 
today. We're just hoping to create an environment to take you there. But we can't force you. That's something you have to do and pursue. And so, but we need the power of God, not just words, because the situation that many of you in here are facing, words can't fix. There are no words. Just some of the things that you, you know that because you've been trying. And it hasn't changed anything. But the power of God can change things. The power of God can change things. When you turn your face to him and you have that encounter with his power, it can change things. And it's hard to tell somebody about that experience, so we want to take you there. We want to create that opportunity that you can experience him for yourself. And so I want want to encourage you as as a pastor, sometimes I, I feel the best thing to do is not to give another outline, not to put more stuff on the screen, not to come up with clever, clever illustrations or even get you and point you to the live notes. I, I feel sometimes we just need to create a moment to go there. You just need to create a moment to go there. You need to be there for yourself. I love that. Let me tell you something else that we need. Here's my point. We need uh, not just, uh, we need power, not just words. Let, let me give you this one other illustration and we'll move on. Um, my wife and I coming back from India. Um, one of the things about what's happening in India, you saw different things on the screen for uh, Mission Sunday next, next week. Uh, you help fund the ministry over there. We support 10 missionaries uh, reaching unreached people group, people that never heard the name of Jesus ever. But in India, it's not an open country to the gospel. In fact, the state that our missionaries work in has an anti-conversion law. It is against the law, and they risk imprisonment, they risk beatings, they even risk their own life being taken um, for the sake of the gospel. And so they do it so courageously, and we're humbled and honored to support them, and you help us do that. And spending time over there and talking with them, and we hear this amazing stories. Here's how it works over there, because the question is, well, then how do you reach people? And what they tell us is, and they've reached a lot of people, is they go into a village, and they start just telling stories. They just meet people and say, hey, can I tell you a story? I want to tell you about a man that I know that heals. I want to tell you about what he did in my life. And there's this man that, that, I, that I saw do this, and I saw this man heal people of this. And, and no, that's what he does, and, and he heals. It's, his name's Jesus, and, and then he can change a life forever, and, and nothing's too difficult for him. And so what happens is, and he tells him, he tells him, he goes, go bring all your sick. Bring all your sick here. And then what those missionaries do, they lay hands on those people, and they lay hands on them, and God does miracles, and they get healed. Can I tell you, when the power of God's present, you don't need an argument. The power of God, when it does miracles, you don't even argue. The power trumps an argument any day. And you don't need to preach Jesus after people are getting healed and miracles are happening. It's about power, not words. And so they, they see people come to Christ, not from any message they've ever preached, but the demonstration of God's power. In fact, Paul says it this way, 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5, he says this. He says, I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, although they could have been because Paul, and you read the Bible and you read historical things, Paul was known as one of the most highly educated men of his day. He could have stood up there and made arguments or he could have debated, but he said this, but I come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on my wisdom, that your faith may not rest on the tree of life message, that your faith may not rest on Pastor Don's preaching, but that it may rest on God's power. Because an encounter with God's power trumps words. It's better than words. We're here for an encounter with God. So we need, we need that. Hey, everybody, we need an encounter, not just an explanation. We didn't encounter not just an explanation. Encounters go beyond explanation. In fact, I've never seen anyone who's had a genuine encounter with God be at the mercy of an argument. And in fact, here's just a a piece of advice for you. Don't argue with people that want to argue. They've worked on their argument. 
And the Bible says don't get involved with foolish arguments with people. Explanations have never changed someone's life, encounters have. And let me just tell you just real quick, that's changed my life. I, I grew up, we, my, my parents came here, we came here as a family, the church started 1981. I was 13 years old, all of a sudden I'm a PK. And so we're walking through middle school and high school and I graduated New Braunfels High School in 86. And I just wasn't really following God like I should or like I knew, like the home environment that was created, like my parents were investing in me. And so I just chose a different path and I went on my college tour. And so I started at my first semester of college at UTSA in San Antonio. And then it just wasn't working for me there, so I transferred to Southwest Texas. Yes, yeah, Southwest Texas. I refuse to call it Texas State. It's just that long ago that I went, okay? It's for all the older people, right? Yeah, come on. And then so uh, I was there for a little bit. Then I transferred up to uh, Tulsa Junior College. It wasn't working for me. My brother was going to Rama. I lived with him, went to Tulsa Junior College for a semester. And then well, I thought it would be good to take a class from the University of Tulsa. So I did that. Why not? It was right there. And so then at the same time then I decided, well, ORU is right there. So I went to ORU for two semesters, Old Roberts University. I came home. just wasn't working for me. I came home and then I went to San Antonio College for a little bit, did that for a little while. And then I thought, well, I'm going to try Southwest Assemblies of God college. And anyways, and so I'm wandering the wilderness. I'm 22, 23 years old. I grew up in a wonderful home with loving parents. I knew about God. I was in church every time the door was open, but I just was having, I was just struggling to find my way. And all of a sudden the youth pastor asked me, Hey, Don, can you drive the van for youth? I need another van driver. I didn't want to do it. And I said, okay, I'll help you out. And I just wanted to help him out. And so I drove a van with teenagers down to, to Palacios, Texas. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Palacios, Palacios, Texas, down on the coast, Texas Baptist encampment for a retreat that was for junior high and senior hires. And so one night I'm just standing, leaning against the wall, have my arms crossed, my legs crossed, and I'm watching God move in an environment created for these teenagers. And all of a sudden God touched me. I was just there and God spoke to my heart. And it wasn't even for me. And all of a sudden I had clarity of direction and I knew what he called me to do and all my wanderings and frustrations of going college to college and moving here and moving there, trying to figure out what do you have for me and all these people giving me advice and counsel and my, my parents are lovingly praying for me and all of a sudden it was that one moment that was created, an environment created to touch the hearts and lives of teenagers and God touched me. We need an encounter with God. Just an encounter with God and my life was changed forever. Explanations have never changed someone's life. Encounters change lives. John 19, 17 through 25. Then they turned. Here's a man that was healed. A blind man was healed by Jesus. And then he went and the religious leaders grabbed him and said, and they're asking him these questions. They're interrogating him like his healing was a bad thing. And they said, then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? What do you, what do you have to say about the man that healed you or did this? What do you have to say about him? Did he lay hands on you? I mean, did he, did he spit the mud and cover your eyes about it? Did he pour oil over your head? Did, did he push you down? I mean, what, did he do all this stuff, whatever? Was he, it was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he is a prophet. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Did he break a law? I don't know. I really don't care. Because one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I can't explain it. There are no words. I can't explain it. I don't have an explanation for you. I just know that I encountered God and my life is different now. 
See, that's the thing that I love and when you go out here from this place and then many of you hear stories and stuff and, and, you, and you come across people and you tell people and people are, where do you go to church? And I'll go to Tree Life Church, all that. I've heard a lot of stuff about that place. They're kind of crazy or whatever. And that place over there, and they meet under the big tent. What's up with that? Who meets under a big tent today? Seriously, is it a circus? I mean, what's going on over there at Tree Life? And you know what? Here's what people say. I don't know, but my life has changed since I've been in that place. I don't know what to tell you. My marriage was broken and we went to some marriage groups and had some people love us and now my marriage is better than it ever has been. My kids were just rebellious in doing things and we got them in a student ministry program and they did things like silent parties and small groups and I don't know what happened but they're different now. My life is different. I can't explain it to you. You just have to come see for yourself. I need to take you there. An encounter with God. I love that. And then we need his presence, not just practice. We need presence, not just practice. Why do, why do we do this? Why do we change it up? Because here's what it is. We all have things that we do as a church. Every church does, we do. We have a structure. We have an order of service. We have things that we function, which are good, necessary things. But at times you can get very predictable. And, and at times the danger, the risk is for us, no matter how you've been walking with the Lord, is we can tell you what's coming up again. We have things that we do. In fact, many of you, before Pastor Cody ever said, get your phones out and check in, you already did that. Why? Because you'd heard it a million times. Right? Before he even says that, I'm already ready. I'm ready for you, Pastor Cody. I already, already got it. I already did all that. You'll be watching Tree TV, and whether it be my daughter or somebody else up there at the end, they'll say, well, that's all we have for you today. Stand on your feet. Meet and greet someone, and let's t- and tell them, and meet and greet someone, and let's get ready for the word. I mean, some of you guys are saying it right along with her, not even realizing it. I can look over and see Mal's moving, right? You're the same thing. Why? Because things become predictable. You know that we'll sing these three songs and we'll sing this song, not the same songs, but in this order. A couple fast songs, some slow songs. You, you know that I take the offering up at the end and here's how we're gonna do that. You know that, can I tell you, sometimes we get caught up in the practice that we miss his presence. And if we're not careful... And not come pressing into his presence if we're not careful. It just becomes routine and something that's meant to be alive and engaging and and, an encounter face-to-face time with God becomes just routine to us. And the risk, greater risk is then you leave this place not changed but the same. And then you go and you open up your daily reading Bible. Where's my daily reading for today, my one-year Bible? And all of a sudden you read it, huh, okay, well, I finished it, didn't really get anything out of it, but let me check it off the list. And then you go into your prayer time, and all of a sudden your prayer time is like, it seems like it's taking a long time now, but hey, I did it, check it off my list. Listen, it's about presence, not practice. We need to find times that we can change it up a little bit, get out of our routine. We press into God some more. But you determine that. For those who draw close to God, he draws close to them. And so we need his presence, not just practice. Let me give you Romans 8, 11 says this, message paraphrase. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, that he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, just as surely as he did Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ's body. And that's what encounter is, face to face with God. When we turn from this and we turn to face him and then he breathes life back into our body. He breathes life back into our marriage. He breathes life back into our relationships. He breathes life back into our family. He breathes life back into our mind, our emotions, our kids, our lives. But we gotta make time for it. Face to face. We're going to 
do that in just a moment, but I'm reminded of a story in Genesis 32. This is on your live notes. You can go later. It's a story about Jacob and Esau. Esau and Jacob, they're twins, but Esau was born first, completely different. He's a real manly man. He's got hair all over him. He's outdoorsy. He hunts. He does all that Esau does. Jacob's not that guy. And he was the second born, so he didn't get all the advantages that Esau had. And he wasn't like favored like Esau, so he found other ways to get what he wanted needed. So he manipulated things. So his name literally means trickster, deceiver. Lived his life that way. And eventually he tricked his older brother out of the birthright. Well, through his dad, gave the, the firstborn blessing to him. Made his older brother so mad, he vowed to kill him. So Jacob went on, on the run for many years and Esau continued to pursue him. And then one day Jacob knew Esau was getting closer and he came to this place and he saw angels going up to heaven and coming down. And all of a sudden he knew that he needed something from God. So he engaged him. And the Bible says he wrestled with what seemed to be a man. And many scholars believe that man to be Jesus himself much like the one who was as a man, the son of God that looked like a man in the fiery furnace. Fourth man in the furnace looked like to be the son of God. And he wrestled and wrestled and the man finally said, when daylight came, the man said, you need to let me go, daylight has come. And he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go till you touch my life. I'm not letting you go till you bless my life. And so the man looked at Jacob and said, what's your name? And he said, my name's Jacob. It means deceiver, trickster. And he said, no longer will your name be the same because no longer are you a trickster and a deceiver, but your name's gonna be Israel, which means God prevails. Listen. Here's what I want this morning. I want you to know this encounter time. Don't let go of God, but hold on to him. And you're not wrestling with God in as much as you're wrestling within yourself and your sense of feeling of unworthiness and the lies that the devil has told you and the sin that has been in your life. Just turn your face to him and hold on to him and fight through, wrestle through all the doubt and unbelief and all the guilt and all the shame. He's not concerned about that. He just wants you to look at me, look at me, look at me. I'll take all those barriers away. And then you wrap your arms and don't let go till you receive that blessing from God. And it goes on to say that he blessed him and the blessing literally means in that passage of scripture, he didn't physically, but hey, let me bless you. Let me give you something to eat. You look hungry. You look a little tired and thirsty. Let me give you some water. Man, that'll bless me if you give me something. It wasn't that at all. And the blessing means an internal blessing and his emotions means he blessed him with joy. He blessed him with strength. He blessed him with new life. He breathed new life into him. That no longer is he deceiver. No longer are you sick. No longer are you separated. No longer are you in that place of lack, but hold on, turn to him, press in, don't let go, come one way, leave a different way, leave those things there, hang on to God, hold on to him, get that blessing that he has for you, he'll change your life, one encounter with God, that's all we know to do today, that's what this is about. So in just a moment, we're gonna do that. But before we go there, the thing we need to do is give people an opportunity to know Jesus. The ultimate encounter. Encounter with the Son of God. Have your life changed forever. Old things are passed away, all things become new. No longer the same, part of his family. And then you can engage God in all the amazing things that he has for your life, but it begins with the surrender of your life to him. So if you're here and you cannot remember a moment in time that you invited him to be your savior, your Lord. If you cannot remember when you were intentional, purposeful and extending an invitation to you because he responds to the invitation, then today is your day. Maybe one time at grandma's as a kid, 
you did, but you're not sure, you can be sure today. It begins with an encounter with Jesus coming and changing your life. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you cannot remember a moment in time that you've purposely, intentionally invited him in or you're not sure and you wanna be sure that today's your day. In just a few moments, I'm gonna pray a prayer of commitment, not gonna have you stand, not gonna have you come up front. In fact, we're all gonna pray the prayer together. But if that's you this morning, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart and you know, and you know, and if that's you, you know that that's you and you can extend an invitation. He will come in and change your life forever. And you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that commitment prayer? Let me see your hand this morning. Let me just see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Immediately. Hands just shot up immediately. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't wait. Just put it up. Don't wait. You waited too long. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Man, today's your day. Face to face. Who else? Who else? Says other ground. Thank you. God bless you. Proud of you. Proud of you. Amen. Proud of you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. More importantly, God sees those hands. More importantly, God sees those hearts. Maybe here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, but it seems like he's a million miles away. Well, let me encourage you. He'll never leave you, forsake you. But sometimes we need to make a course adjustment. We've got off course. Let's get back on course. Turn our face back to him, if you will. And you would say this morning, if that's you and you say, that's me, Pastor, could you include me in that commitment prayer? Let me see your hand this morning real quick. Let me just see your hand. That's you. Got to make that adjustment this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Hands all over. Thank you. You can put your hands down, look up for just another moment. We're going to pray this prayer. The power in this prayer, I'm going to ask you to repeat it. It's attaching your heart to it. When you pray from your heart, God sees your heart and does what only he can do. Change and transform you from the inside out. So if you would repeat this prayer after me, but mean it from the bottom of your heart. Let's let God do what only he can. So if you would join me in this prayer, repeat it, but mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth to die on a cross, to pay for my sin, and then go to a grave and rise again in victory. Jesus, we thank you for coming, laying your life down, paying for my sin, going to the grave and rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me my sin, be my Savior and Lord now and forever. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's a good and faithful God. Amen. Amen. He's a good God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.